action. Welcome to Torn Stubbs, a trash movie podcast with me, Robert Gershenson, photographer and head of podcast at Trash, which could be found at movetotrash.co.uk. And Joshua Winning, the greatest film critic you've never heard of. And we're going to the movies. We are concluding our celebration of Xavier Dolan's films by watching It's Only the End of the World. Joshua. But only because his new film still isn't out. Yeah. The life and death of John F. Donovan just will not ever see the light of day. Will no, it? it just will not come out. It refuses like a to stubborn come. gay. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike David Dillon. Yes. <laughs> Who is a stubborn out gay? <laughs> it's only the end of the world, Joshua. Is. It's a film about a guy called Louis. He's played by Gaspard Ulliel. All these French names, I just I'm, I apolog- can only apologise for my pronunciation. That was a good pronunciation. Thank Ulliel. you. Louis is returning home for the first time in 12 years. His family are very excited to see him. He uh, hasn't spoken to them. He has just been sending them postcards. But he's coming home to tell them that he is dying. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's basically a, a pretty much another single location, mostly film. It's Xavier Dolan going back to very intimate uh, family drama, I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah. And it's essentially just watching what happens when Louis gets home and his family descend, essentially. Yes. Yeah. Had you seen it before? I hadn't seen it before, but I kept looking at the poster and I was so sure that Army Hammer was in this film. Why? Because on the poster, Gaspard Ulliel looks just like Army Hammer. Does he? And I was like, oh, that's a strange... I've, I could have sworn that Xavier uh, <laughs> Dolan hasn't worked with an English-speaking actress a- actor not properly before apart from obviously on john f donovan yeah so i was like oh okay so army hammond's in the uh, the end of the world how long did you have the dvd before you put it on or the blu-ray well i had it on amazon oh okay so not at all okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh yeah i hadn't seen it before had you seen it before no i tried to watch it twice before oh wow okay. and i was just never in the mood because it yeah. starts off very much just feels like just a generic foreign language film so much so that it's even got that monotone voiceover that a lot of foreign language films started with it was very you know on vogue to do that at one point so i always switched it off because i just couldn't i couldn't keep not keep up with that just you need to be in a certain mood to watch a a, a film like that especially if you need to read subtitles and i like you know i like all types of film but sometimes you just need to be in the mood to watch a particular film and i was just never ever in the mood to watch it so not necessarily forcing myself but suddenly i had the opportunity that i had to watch it and so is that a yes or a no (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) but i felt really disappointed with this film did you that's the first time you've said that about a xavier dolan film yeah i felt really disappointed i just felt it's just not his best Uh uh-huh I, I just felt it just went nowhere. And I wonder if that's because it's adapted from a play that doesn't really have a solid structure. You know, the second half of the play is apparently very um, surrealist, very um, plotless, 
all the characters are sort of talking at each other, not with each other, and you don't really know what's going on. It's more of a stream of consciousness. Yeah. And then suddenly it's having to be reconstructed into some sort of narrative. And I just felt it fell flat. Yeah. How did you feel? I felt similarly. I didn't really understand the point of the film until I read about the original play by Jean-Luc Lagasse. Lagasse? Lagasse? Um, <clears throat> French. Wonderful French. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, who died of AIDS complications in 1995, tragically. But his play is about uh, AIDS. His play is about a man dying of AIDS. And it, it's about, the. Uh, from what I've read, it's essentially about the prejudice essentially that he experienced within his family um and living in a post-aids world i guess that's what the play is about the film is not about that no the film is about a guy who is going to die we don't know from what yeah and we don't know who he's talking to on the phone no no we assume it's his partner his boyfriend somebody or someone but a friend maybe it has no bearing on anything he does he's just reassuring the other person on the phone that he's going to tell them tonight at dinner yeah and I think uh, Xavier Dolan got really upset because this film, when it premiered at Cannes, it got yeah. pretty... Did it get booed? It got... They love booing at Cannes. Yeah. And, and you know, he threatened to quit filmmaking. <laughs> uh, the film really... The critics really hated this film in, in Cannes. But I mean, they often I do. It. I get often it. I understand do. why. <clears throat> because... And, and then Xavier Dolan said that he was really upset because he felt that a lot of the reviews misinterpreted his film or misunderstood his film but then actually when i read those reviews they they made sense and i felt that they told me exactly what i had been feeling about the film which was if you remove that aids subtext or yeah. pretext that is actually the text it suddenly becomes a very weird wishy aimless drama about a family yeah. that you've seen a hundred times before mm -hmm done better essentially just the whole thing felt very pedestrian the thing is it was it's very competently made because it is Xavier Dolan's sixth film yeah so he knows how to make a film mm -hmm. and he knows he does he does very um he does things like when Louis turns up at the house each character is only in the frame on their own mm -hmm. you never you don't see them together in the frame until right towards the end of the conversation yeah so he isolates the characters constantly in the film but that's because very cleverly that's because he's using the close-up an extraordinary amount yeah this feels less like a xavier dolan film than tom at the farm did this feels yeah like you know a very competently made but uninteresting family drama I almost think. like he's a director for hire yeah and it's a shame because i didn't really i didn't actually hate the film i didn't really have any hugely strong emotions towards it i was relieved because i watched this right after mommy mm -hmm. and going into it knowing the pr the premise was a guy goes home to his family tries to tell them he's dying but you know things get in the way and in my head i just imagined slanging off matches over the table which would be a you know typically a, a scene you would find in a xavier dolan film yeah so i was so relieved or eastenders or eastenders probably not quite as eloquently <laughs> yeah. in eastenders but, but yeah, I was so relieved when this started and it was actually a very ponderous, quiet film that was all about P 
people looking at each other and, and trying to figure out what they're seeing when they look at each other, trying to figure out what they're feeling. And it was such a, I was like, oh, thank God for that. They're not going to just start screaming at each other. Because when I saw Nat- Natal- Natalie Bay, who plays the mom, and she's yelling down the stairs, oh my I was God. like, just shut up. Oh, she, re- she was like, she was acting in a different movie. Yeah. yeah. She reminded me of the, um, the, the teacher at the school with Lawrence, in Lawrence anyways. The, oh, yeah. You called him the, some like crazy clown or something. <laughs> Just reminded me of that. She was loopy in, in yeah. a really jarring sense. Because you had Marianne Thingamajiggy, Cotier. who was so quiet. And then you had the blonde girl from Spectre. Yeah. And she was very subtle. And then you had fucking Dame Edna screaming her head off. <laughs> in that... That war paint, that blue eyeshadow and yeah. that wig and that caked it just, on it just foundation. It just didn't fit together. And I just don't understand the choices. Yeah. I didn't understand the choices. I, when when Louis first turns up, do you get did you feel that they hadn't seen each other or they hadn't seen him since for twelve years? Um Oh, I don't know. Maybe? Like you felt She'd never met Marion Cotillard before because she'd married into the family via Vincent Cassel. Yeah. So there's that. And he'd obviously not seen his sister, Leah Seydoux, Suzanne, yeah, because she was a kid. Spectre. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was a kid when he went off 12 years ago. So, yes, I guess so. But then there's also a sense that they're kind of, they're slightly papering over the cracks a bit. And they're trying to play happy families, even though you know that, you know, there's something bad going on. I, I just didn't believe that it had been 12 years. They felt far too familiar for it to be 12 years. If you haven't seen someone for 12 years and only had a postcard here and there, you would be like total strangers. Yeah. Absolute total strangers. It would be very uncomfortable. You won't know how to interact with that person. You won't understand any in-jokes. You won't really know much about their life. So you would pause halfway through and have to ask a question about something and then carry on when you make your point. But he doesn't, and, really, and, he doesn't say anything. He has about five lines in the first half an hour of the film. Because the mother doesn't shut up. No, no one does. <laughs> they, all, they all monologue at him. But it's, it doesn't feel uncomfortable. That just feels like, oh, this is standard at the, whatever their surname is, household. Mm, I don't know. I felt, I felt it was quite uncomfortable. But it was odd that they were all just talking at him. It was mm. very strange. And... Especially Leah Seydoux, where she just non-stop talked at him in her bedroom um, while he's just standing there, kind of like a grim reaper just hanging there in the air. Mm. Um, That was a bit odd. But, I don't know, it's French Canadian. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I felt that Vincent Cassel as Antoine Louis's brother, I felt that maybe he was the most believable in terms of that that initial when he first gets the house, he's just not interested. He mm. turns his back to him essentially, literally he does, and he wants wants everyone to stop talking and shut up. Which actually, Vincent Cassel felt like the anti Xavier Dolan. There's a great scene towards the end when he's driving Louis, yeah, and uh, Vincent Cassel's character Antoine. He says something like, "Oh, go on and tell me about this fucking farm you're on. I can't stand that <laughs> shit." I, <laughs> He says something like, I die in the face of the, I drown in that crap, which is brilliant because that's such an anti-Dolan sentiment where he loves his characters to effuse about that time at the lake. Yeah. And it says so much, (laughs) it says so much about the characters. And here comes Vincent Cassell saying, just fucking tell me 
what is going on? I don't want to hear about your fucking time at the farm. Which is, it was so refreshing and I enjoyed that bit. Is that Xavier Dolan sort of drawing a line under his past? And Maybe. trying to forge a new way of being, a new creative way for himself. Possibly, because he does then break away from the... Uh, is it Ontario where he is? The Ontario film scene? I guess so. Yeah, because then he goes, obviously, after this he did uh, John F. Donovan. Which was shot here in Pinewood, wasn't it? Or in London, at uh, least. Yeah, yeah. Part, was, and yeah. Paris. Yeah, so maybe it was him stepping away from what he's known for. Mm. But you don't... About 15 minutes into the film, I knew that Louis wasn't going to tell them that he was dying. What made you say that? Because he hadn't said anything, and I just thought... Mm, Mm, he's girl just, mm, girl he's, he's not gonna he's not gonna tell them he's not gonna tell nothing he's, not, he's just not and there's not gonna be any explanation for that he just is a coward and he's just not gonna tell them does he love his mum oh god I don't know because they have that that great long scene like the midpoint of the film mm. is him in that smoking shed thing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where are you going going to my smoking shed <laughs> why I want to smoke. I'm allowed to have three a day in the shed. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's the rule. Yeah. My son controls my life. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I've, I honestly don't know. He was such an inscrutable character. He was impossible to understand. I don't think any of them were actual characters. She Do says, not... I, she says, I'll come back to that, but okay. she says, I don't understand you, but I love you. Yeah. And then he says nothing back and she hugs him and he reluctantly, that's how I read it. He reluctantly allows himself to hug back and it's almost as if he's wanted it for a long time but then his willpower has been really strong and now he's you know he's held off but now he's allowed himself you know a hit of the drug that he probably knows is quite bad for him but the thing is you don't have any backstory you don't have you no. have no idea why he left yeah with no idea you assume so that going on what the play is about mm -hmm. you assume his family did not accept his sexuality, so yeah. he left, and that's why he hasn't come back in twelve years. Well, that's what I—that's what I gauged about it, because yeah. at, the, at, the, at the the start, it says something along the lines of like, "Oh, gays love Chanel or something." Yeah, and so, she says in the shed, she says, "Oh, you live in that homo." Yeah, village. homo village. Yeah, so there is or homo that, ghetto, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is that homo homophobic, or just not even necessarily homophobic, just like an ignorant view of the other. Yeah. So he leaves, I guess. But you don't know. And so you don't know what their relationship was like before this mm. moment. You don't know where they left off. No. And why, why they haven't seen each other. If they, they've had some contact, they've had his address, they send postcards. Why don't they meet up? It's been 12 years. And does he not want her to have his new address because he's living in a hospital? Is that what that was? That I did not pick up. I know he didn't he's give like, her a new address, but I didn't think yeah. hospital. Because he said, oh, they forward all my stuff. So I, because he looked really quite unwell. <laughs> so he looked I, very sweaty. He looked very but then he pale. had just come from the plane, so I don't know how long the flight was. Oh yeah, depends where he's living. Where is he living? New York? I don't know. What year was this set in that someone is dying of AIDS? Yeah, I know people still die complications of AIDS, but not in the way that I think that they are hinting at. If it is AIDS, yeah. Unless, you know, I, unless, unless in, in Xavier Do Dolan decided to take out the AIDS aspect because he wants it to be a, a completely different illness. Well, I actually assumed it was cancer. Okay. But nobody really looks like that when they've got cancer. It's, it's a very different 
disease to AIDS. It's a very different gaunt. It is. And often you don't look ill when you've got cancer. So Mm. I didn't really understand what was wrong with him. Maybe it's a hypochondriac and you just had a man flu. <laughs> I'm dying. I'm dying. Don't like, come near me. I've got to snivel. <laughs> like Latrice Morel in um, All Stars 4 when he's like, I'm going to get kicked out. And it seemed like he was on his deathbed. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, what is Antoine's problem? Oh, he was infuriating. Yeah, I don't Thingy know. Cassell. Well, maybe because he was stuck with this fucking family that were always yelling at each other and talking over each other. He and... can fucking leave if he wants. Yeah, no one's holding him there. Yeah. The mother's self-sufficient. You know, she's able to put her makeup on badly, but she's able yeah. to put it on. And what was she doing with her hair? Like hair drying her nails or something? Oh, you got them to dry. You yeah. Know, you don't want dust to get in them. Mm. I mean, I'm just speaking from... But I Experience. heard on the internet. I know. <laughs> I mean, I, I read about this. But If you yeah, want to do that, it's fine. You know, it's not like he's trapped... Like, like, um, like Francis, not Francis. Yeah, Francis on the farm. Uh, Guy's yeah, brother. Yeah. Because the mum needs help on the farm. He's, he can leave. He can get a divorce. He clearly doesn't get on with his quiet wife. Mm. And I'm not feeling sorry for him because I think they allude to the fact that he's beating her. Yeah, yeah. Or he's violent in some way because he's got cuts and scars on his knuckles. Yeah, that was horrible. Yeah. And then at the end, when he decides to yank Louis out of the house, is that because he's realised that Louis's dying? I just, I completely didn't understand that at all. No, maybe it's a, maybe it's a, like a toxic masculinity thing. Suddenly, Louis is back in the domain that is his. He is now the man of the house now that dad's dead. So he's suddenly got someone else, you know, stepping on his cabbage patch. Because the mum even said, you know, you you have the authority. Even after all this time, she believes Louis has the authority. And he says, but I'm not the the older brother. And she says, you don't have to have, you don't have to be older to have the authority. Yeah. So maybe she's often said this or it's gone unspoken, but suddenly Antoine knows all this, that even though Louis left for 12 years, the mum will always favour Louis. I, I don't know. <laughs> I honestly don't know. I just, it was so ambiguous. This is the film that feels the most like a Sofia Coppola film in terms of not understanding, not necessarily getting much of an insight into the characters. Like just, they're all drifting around each other and I have no idea who anyone is. because really they're was. not characters. Did you yeah. sympathise with anyone? Did you identify with anyone? The only person I sympathised with was Marion Cotillard. I felt that she brought a, a much needed dose of sensitivity. Like there's that really beautiful moment where she's sitting next to louis on the sofa is that when she's banging on about her fucking kids she's talking about her kids and then the 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 talking stops and the music swells and you just see them looking at each other and she realizes that he's sick she can just tell does she yeah absolutely because i i was actually questioning whether they'd met before and i thought is this going to be a twist thing No, I think that she just intuited that he is unwell because then right. later on when he's coming out of the bedroom or something and they meet in the hall. Hasn't he been vomiting? Yeah, 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 yeah. And she says something like, don't tell me now or don't tell me this. Tell them. Oh. So she knew. She just knew because she, she was a sensitive little soul. She could tell these things. Maybe this film is way more subtle than yeah. I first think. Maybe I should let it sink in and then give it a rewatch. Maybe it's going to be one of those films that, you know, I don't like on first view and then then I come to like later on. 
Maybe. Because that's happened before. Yeah, yeah. I think... I didn't hate it at all. Like, I didn't really have any strong feelings about it. I think I probably would watch it again just to try to figure out... Did I say I, f- I hated it? No. No. Because I can't remember what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're recording. I just listened back I could, if I wanted to. I don't, feel, I don't hate it. I just feel dissatisfied. Sorry, I just wanted to yeah. clear that up because I feel bad if I said I hate it. No, I don't think you did. It's just such an odd choice for Xavier Dolan. And he... He had read the play. He had the play on his shelf. Yes. And he'd read it before and didn't really get it. Yes, yes, yes. I read about this. Yeah, and then he picked it up I again. I did research for this episode. By oh, well way. done. Oh, you tell me what he did then. <laughs> well, he, he, he suddenly... Yeah, he read it when he was younger then. He sort of read it when he was a little bit older and he'd gone through some things in his life and then he really connected with it. Yeah. So maybe that curse or that gift of discovering something earlier on and not connecting with it and then later on you connect with it he's somehow translated that to the film so maybe a lot of people are experiencing what i'm experiencing what you're sort of experiencing i've got a, a, what, a what's that? i know sorry what is that what is that <laughs> yeah what am i experiencing yeah um i don't know really hard chest pain and my left arm feels <laughs> bad as well and i'm wearing the baseball cap my hair's really sweaty um orange juice someone get some orange juice quick <laughs> get me a banana <laughs> Um, put a refresher under your tongue. Is that what they say? Oh, aspirin. I'll but just give you a slap. I know, I know someone else who really doesn't connect with this film and he said it actually made him feel quite angry. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess if you're invested in someone's work, you yeah. don't want them to do something that you deem bad. Mm. We, you know, we, a lot of people take the piss out of geeks and nerds because they get angry that... Things that they love, Harry Potter, comic book movies, Star Wars, you know, fans are really passionate people. And when they love your work, they absolutely love it. But when they feel that they've been hard done by, then it can be quite crushing. Well, it's almost like you've been smacked by the hand that feeds you, I suppose. Yeah. It's almost like they, you want them to give you all the nourishing stuff, but sometimes they're going to give you a bit of white bread. Yeah. Which it's is a, essentially what this it's a, is. It's a form of. It's weird. It's a. It's a form of a betrayal. But obviously, I'm not Xavier Dolan, and I have no right to say to him, "I need you to do what I want." Yeah. Because he's an artist, and he should only answer to himself. Yeah, but it is very interesting that he has. He has said, "I was gonna. I was gonna keep this for the wrap up, but I'm gonna say it now because I think it applies." Mm-hmm. That he. He's, this is a quote that he said recently when he announced his new film, Matthias and Maxime. He said that this year I've been exposed to films that I felt were so brave and authentic in their writing and how they talked about queer love. He's clearly talking about Coin By Your Name and God's Own Country. Yes, he is, yeah. That he said that he, uh, I have felt the need to explore characters that weren't necessarily gay, um, but now he wants to go back to talking about the gay experience from, that, from a grown-up perspective. Um, which I think is, you've seen that happening. He's, his films have slid away from the gay experience. And like this film doesn't, the, the, end of the, world, the end of the world doesn't feel like a film about the gay experience. because No, it feels about the, the straight dan- reaction too. It dances around it completely. Yeah. And even though there's that euphoric, beautiful flashback when he's with that gorgeous 80s guy with the hair yeah. and the denim jacket fucking or 90s yeah i want to see that film <laughs> yeah that's the film i want to see yeah did it you notice so... the titanic reference in that in that clip in that uh, flashback uh, oh that's they'd obviously, bell. they'd obviously just been having a bit of old uh you know hanky panky hanky panky and the room had been steamed up and <gasps> yeah the guy left 
by the window and he put his hands on the glass and lets it fall down. Yes, I knew there was something there. Yeah. I'm really upset that I read the reviews that Xavier Dolan condemned, but I actually agreed with the reviews. And I really hate that because I feel like I want, I want to be on Xavier Dolan's side and I want to be able to see what he saw in the film that he was making. And I just don't see it. Like Vanity Fair said, it's a post-gay interpretation of a furious missive from recent gay history, but without that crucial context, all that fury signifies nothing, which I think is bang on, actually. <laughs> yeah. It completely is. I, I don't really know what Xavier Dolan was trying to achieve with this film. Yeah. It doesn't... I mean, A, the film doesn't make a point, but B, does it have mm. to make a point? By removing the AIDS equation, it's clearly uh, an act of saying... I don't want to make a point. Maybe mm. he just wants to be, it just wants to be a slightly observational piece where you put some people in a room and you see how they interact and then you step away. I've just figured out that this film could actually be a ghost film. How? He's dead. Bruce Willis? No, Louis <laughs> is already dead. You think? He's turned up at the house and they're all talking at him. Yeah. But he's, he's, he's not saying anything. They're like, they're just, they've got this ghost in the house. But he interacts with a little the bit. brother. A little bit. I mean, your theory completely falls <laughs> apart. <laughs> but it would have worked so much better as a ha- as like a haunting, as a ghost film. It's like the ghost of A's or the ghost of the guy that you evicted from your house for being gay. What's French for I see dead people? <laughs> je, je veux, I don't know. <laughs> I see dead people. <laughs> Let's talk about Xavier Dolan grammar. All right. The main one that I notice in this one is that everybody smokes. Yeah, but that's just a French thing. But like anything in Europe or <coughs> associated with Europe, you smoke. Like I went, to, I went to Berlin earlier in the year. I just sat in the bar and I just realised everyone's smoking around mm. me. But it's weird. I don't like. I think smoking is absolutely fucking disgusting. Why would you? You wouldn't like suck off a car's exhaust pipe, but you'll gladly have a bit of a puff. It's ridiculous. But there's something lovely. And very European about sitting in the bar in Berlin and people are smoking indoors and they do it in Paris as well. I really hate cigarette smoke, but sometimes if I'm like outside the Duke of Wellington or something and I'm drinking a like beer... Like an old, an old pub in London. Yeah, yeah, and I'm drinking a beer and someone's smoking, that combination mm. of beer and cigarette smoke, there's just something about it that just sets off fireworks in my brain. Mm. And I just feel like this nostalgic kind of... For when you smoked as a child. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When I, when I drank and smoked as a 10-year-old. Um, close-ups, this film is, might as well be called It's Only the End of the World <laughs> close or, <up>. how I <laughs> learned, or How I Learned to Love the Close-Up. <laughs> close-up encounters of the Xavier Dolan kind. Ah, you're a writer. Uh, but there's nothing, I don't think there's much Great music, else. great music. Very, uh... Yeah, no, at one point, doesn't the music swell up and then Cassell goes, right, let's go, because the music has stopped. Uh, really? Yeah. Ah, I like that. I didn't notice it, but yeah, I like that. Yeah. It doesn't... Yeah, this film doesn't have as much Xavier Dolan grammar. It does feel like it's an object floating through space that isn't really attached to the rest of his CV. No, it's not his CV. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at your CV. And, uh, <laughs> do you have any experience in filmmaking? Um, no, I completely agree. It, it almost feels like he's he's sort of treading around, grappling, trying to find a new way yeah maybe it's a like new it's, style it's a transitionary so, film isn't yeah, it yeah so i wonder if we look if you know if, if we'll look back in years to come and this will be like an either an oddity mm. or it will be identified as the start of maybe a, a lull 
there must be a reason why John F. Donovan hasn't been released. Yeah. It's been completely buried. And usually, in this day and age, if a film is going to be buried, they just fucking put it on Netflix. Yeah. So, well, they, I'm sure that's what's going to happen. Well, It'll end up on Amazon Prime. Hopefully. Yeah. And we'll watch it. And maybe we'll have to add it to this. Well, yeah, we'll do a special. Yeah. Le special. Le special. So that was It's Only the End of the World. It's only the end of the world. It's only the end of the bloody world. Yeah. Directed by Xavier Dolan. Why is it called that? I don't know, because it wasn't <laughs> the end of the world, was it? Is it? Well, he's dying, so it's the end of his world, I guess. But I don't think his world is dying. Well, he's literally dying. It's the end of his world. Oh, did you watch this film? <laughs> Do you want me to talk about Hook? <laughs> Stop talking about Hook. The one with Peter Pan. <laughs> I'm Peter Pan. Oh. So that is the end of series three. We've run out of possible films we can watch with Xavier Dolan. There is one more. There we can't is watch one it more. Well, we'll probably be a, maybe if if um, what's what's the new one? Maxine and Matthias. Matthias and Maxine. Matthias and Maxine. When that comes out, we we'll maybe combine them in in one episode. Yeah. Okay. We'll do like a, a bonus episode. But we've got our wrap up episode next week. You can catch it on Apple Podcast, Acast. Spotify and tune in radio, so go and subscribe and you won't miss it. And we're on Twitter at Torn Stubbs Pod. Um, let us know what you thought about the Xavier Dolan season. Have you listened to the Sophia Coppola season, which is season two? And what would you like to see us cover in the future? Mm-hmm. While you're at it, go and listen mm-hmm. to Track by Track, the Trash Music Podcast. They are all in the usual podcatcher realms. We're off to the end of the world. Until next time, I remain Robert Gershenson. I'm Joshua Winning. Cut.